Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. So as we're ending our message series today, uh, we're, we're ending our little mini-series mini within uh, on restorative justice. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago, we started talking about um, sin, the forgiveness of sin, what you do when people, when you commit an offense against someone else, when you do something against someone else, what you're supposed to do about it. And last week we started talking about how do you walk in the process of forgiveness. And now, I told you last week that the Holy Spirit will be working through this message series. He will be working in this season, and He's going to stir up some stuff in some hearts because He wants to heal some people. And uh, we began getting all kind of, you might have heard it in your life group, uh, maybe the people you confide in, that offenses were coming to the surface, maybe things that people did to you are coming to the surface, things that you invented that people did to you are coming to the surface, people that you blamed for your problems are coming to the surface, uh, maybe you even blamed God, uh, uh, it's coming to the surface, and we, we, we um, Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to move today. I, see, I believe we're going to see a work of the Spirit of God in people's lives in this service, and He's going to set some people free. I believe some people are going to experience deliverance today in the name of Jesus, we're not going to fight with anything. Nothing's going to scream. No one's going to puke. It's going to just be sweet, sweet deliverance. Amen. That's the way I like it. I believe that the Lord comes with peace. And so that's what we are going to experience. <clears throat> We've been talking about justice. I have a heart for justice because I love Jesus. Um, and forgiveness is at the heart of justice. Forgiveness is at the heart of justice. Forgiveness is at the core of restoration. You cannot have restoration without forgiveness. Now, sometimes we avoid the issues that are causing heart problems. Sometimes we act like they're going to go away. Sometimes we act like the conflict is the other person's problem. I want to I make this extremely clear. I want to be very definitive about this. Jesus, when he talked about the Good Samaritan, he made it very clear that other people's pain is our problem. I'm going to say it again. Other people's pain is our problem. Amen. 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 You cannot say you love God and not love people. We cannot see a person in pain and say, well, he's getting what he deserved, or he probably shouldn't have done something to have that happen to him. We, we're, as Christians, we're not allowed to take that stance. We have to care about other people. We have to care about other people. But we don't necessarily want to because we don't have the emotional capacity to. But when you surrender to God, God will empower you to do the impossible. When you surrender your life to God, He'll empower you to do the physically impossible He'll power you to do the emotionally impossible. This church has seen, from the very beginning, as we started as a fellowship, we have seen miracle signs and wonders at every turn. We have seen from Canada to southern uh, Brazil, we have gone and seen miracle signs and wonders. Not that they weren't already there, but we have seen them. 
all over this hemisphere. We have seen the blind eyes see. We've seen the deaf ears hear. We've seen the lame walk. We have just seen every kind of physical miracle that I know of. We've seen physically manifest in, the, in people in Boca Raton and in, in, in this area. Amen. We have seen these miracles. And I believe the Lord is doing a work in this house. Uh, we're kind of working our way backwards, you could say, or from one end to the other. We started with physical miracles. And I believe the Lord is moving right now in internal, emotional miracles. But He also wants to work in societal miracles. And, and how many of you know, uh, when Jonah was uh, swallowed by the whale, uh, they like to say that the miracle was not that a whale uh, swallowed Jonah and coughed him up again. The miracle was that the entire town of Nineveh repented. The real miracle is that a group of people can repent at one time. That was a greater miracle than God creating a fish that could swallow a man. And what we are believing to see in this season is a society line up with God's heart to walk in love and forgiveness. Can you say amen? That is the miracle we want to see in this season. Come on, one class, we all clap. Come on. That's what we want to see. We want to see people, I got a radical faith. I have a radical faith. I believe, watch this, in our lifetime, that Christians can actually look like Christians outside of church. That, that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for, that, uh, that there aren't safe zones to not be a Christian for Christians. Uh, you know what the safe zones are, is where you can like put your faith to the side and act like a completely different person. I'm believing that like in our lifetime, I'm believing for the miraculous. I believe that like when we go into, I don't know, political arenas, we don't get to act like non-Christians. That, that when we go into business, we don't get to act like non-Christians, right? That we're actually Christians all over, right? Like this is, this is who the church is as a people, that we manifest our faith in every aspect of our life. That, that's what I want to see happen. And you're saying, by, well, what do you mean by faith? Whoa, what, what, what do you mean by act like Christian? I just mean like, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, you know, care about other people, have radical faith for other people's restoration. Is anybody with me? Yeah. That we actually get to behave the way Jesus told us to behave in every area of society. I know it's a radical dream, but I have it. But we're going to, as Christians, uh, before we can ask the world to do anything, and, and the church has spent a little too time too, too much time telling the world how to act when we got to get kind of our own house in order. Amen? We need to get our house in order before we can preach to anybody else about how they need to behave. And, 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 and what, one of the greatest things I think in this season that I have noticed is, and I've said this before, we need to surrender the right to toxic emotions. We need to, as people, as individuals, as church, as the people of God, surrender the right to to toxic emotions. It's not actually a promise of God that we get to be toxic. That's not actually one of the things he told us we get to be. Being nasty to one another, vilifying one another, demonizing one another, that's toxic in public. Being bitter internally, being hateful, being judgmental, unforgiving, these are toxic emotions. Amen? These are toxic emotions. And, and you would not uh, sign up to drink toxic water and expect to not get sick. You wouldn't eat toxic food and not expect something to happen to you. You wouldn't breathe toxic air 
without thinking that's going to damage your ability to process oxygen. And yet we so often excuse our toxic emotions and think it's not going to pollute our heart. And absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is teaching us we need to surrender what we think is our right to toxic emotions. Amen. We need to clean our heart up, folks. We got to clean our heart up. But the question is this. How then do I deal with sin? How then do I deal with people who are doing the wrong thing? How then do I keep myself safe? How do I uh, am able to communicate to other people that what's happening is unjust? You have a right to that. And we actually have an obligation to that. We actually are supposed to be people who are moral agents in our society. The key is, though, we can't fall into toxic emotions of judgment. We can't kick Jesus off the mercy seat so we can sit on the judgment seat. We have to be able to walk in a healthy way when we see other people sin. We talked last week about um, how the only place you're going to read, only God could judge me, is in tattoos, right? We talked about that last week. That's the only place that's actually written because it's pop theology. Uh, the Bible actually does tell us that we have to walk in a certain measure of discernment and we actually need to call out one another to protect our culture. Uh, let's take a look at this in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Paul says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I'm going to work through this backwards really quickly, right? First of all, Paul says that there is a law that we live under. The law of Christ. Love God, love one another. There's a law. For the legalists, there's a law for you right there, right? And since there is a law that we are supposed to fulfill, he tells us that we do it by bearing one another's burdens. That means that if you are hurt, it is my problem also. If you are caught in a trap, it's my responsibility to help get you free. We cannot see a hurt one on the side of the road and walk by and not care. We cannot see a group that is suffering and say, that's not my problem. If we have a friend and they're caught in sin, we can't just turn a blind eye to it. We have to help get them free. It says here in verse one, if we catch someone in sin, that tells us that there actually is sin, and that we have to be able to judge that as sin internally, not in condemnation terms, but in terms of, I know that this is not healthy for you. And if we find somebody in that, we are supposed to then begin a plan, if we are mature, to restore them to freedom. This is our role as believers, not then to out them, not to shun them, not to put them, to brand them, to stay away, but to say, man, I see you're caught in something. I'm bringing you up to where I am. Amen. This is what we're supposed to do. Unfortunately, the way we keep people trapped in their sin is to walk into judgment and condemn them. In our heart, we condemn them, considering them lower than us, thus trapping us in this relationship of judge and the condemned. And we cannot restore somebody to our level of judgment. We can only restore them to our level of freedom. Otherwise, we are getting them into a greater trap than we're in. Are, are you with me? Are you tracking with me 
here. I want to talk today to the people, though, who are struggling with unforgiveness. Who are struggling with unforgiveness. We know that we're supposed to forgive. We, we know that Jesus told us to forgive. We know that we're supposed to release people from their sins. But sometimes it is hard. It's hard. Why? Sin violates love. And when we love someone and we trust them and we put our hope in them and they violate that love, we put up a natural protection to keep them from hurting us again. And unfortunately, that protection often is unforgiveness. We want to make sure we never forget what they did. We don't want to release them from that because we want them to hurt as much as we do. We want them to experience the pain that we are experiencing so hopefully they'll learn not to do it again. That if it hurts them as much as it hurt us, then they will think twice before they hurt us again. The only problem is it doesn't work that way. Because this unforgiveness is the foundation of the toxic emotion of bitterness. If, 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 if unforgiveness is a sin and it's a cancer in our body, then it turns into a boil filled with pus, which is resentment. And this entire sin is covered by a nasty, toxic fighting of your own soul with bitterness and judgment and resentment. It just is sin that breeds more sin that's toxic, that becomes more toxic. And you think that the infection is the problem, but the infection is just pointing to the original problem of unforgiveness. And Jesus, the healer, wants to heal you today. You say amen. You thank the Lord for his healing power. <clears throat> but here's what we have to remember. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. I don't feel like forgiving. I, good. That's, you know, whatever. At least you're in touch with your own emotions. Go ahead and forgive anyways. Go ahead and forgive anyways. Nobody can control your emotions but you. No one can make you want to forgive. No one can behave in a way where they deserve forgiveness. The only reason we have forgiveness is because Jesus forgave us. That's the only reason we have forgiveness to give. And this is why, um, and I don't want to... Um, I don't want to generalize, uh, but I'm going to generalize a little bit, and hopefully you'll understand me. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've not received Jesus as your Savior, if you've not received the forgiveness that only God can give, all you can do is hide offenses. All you can do is choose to not fully reconcile, but learn how to take the sin. That's all you can do. You have not received supernatural forgiveness, so you have no supernatural forgiveness to give away that leads to restoration. You do not have the restoring power of the blood of Jesus that can wash away offenses and build people up to a way where they can restore relationship because you've not actually received it yet. And so I pick on guys because I'm a guy and I pick on husbands because I'm a husband. Maybe one of the ladies can pick on the ladies at some point, but men... Let me give you a, a, a real-world example. Uh, your wife is not going to stop asking for a couch until you start talking about it. She is not going to tell you we need new furniture and stop until either she gets the new furniture or you actually talk about why you can't buy new furniture. There has to be a conversation. It's not just going away if you ignore it. These things are not just going away. Amen, husbands. Amen, Amen women. 
My wife said bedroom set. It's on order. I mean, come on. It only took five years, but it is on order. It's probably a lot longer than that, but. Why do I say this? You know, uh, she's a nag. No, you're not having a conversation. At no point was, were her feelings validated and heard. This has to happen. Well, I don't think it's important. That's the problem. You guys are not in agreement, and you've not had a conversation about it. Yes. If it's important to her, it has to be important to you. That doesn't mean that you spend all your money on bedroom furniture, but you at least crack open the budget and you make a decision together. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Ignoring it doesn't go away. Well, we can't afford it. Why not? We just can't. Well, let me, let's look at the budget. No, we cannot afford that kind of furniture at this time when we need to get a car replaced, right? Like, no, we can't afford it. We got our kids going to private school. No, we can't afford it while we're trying to buy a house. No, we can't afford it. And so you learn to say, no, we can't afford it so long. At some point, you probably can afford it. And there's a conversation that needs to be brought up. Do I want you to buy new bedroom furniture? No, I find that an incredible waste of money. I absolutely <laughs> think it's about the dumbest thing you can spend money on. My wife is of a different opinion, though, and uh, her opinion has to matter. I mean, frivolous things that you waste money on that, you know, keep you from being able to retire earlier, and just because you want a better life for your family, but not everybody's as concerned as that. <laughs> but you got to have a conversation about these things so that people can get the full understanding of the reason why it's stupid. Um, <laughs> it's on order, though. But we can't afford it only works so long. Have you ever noticed that, fellas? You get a tax return? Bedroom furniture. You get a bonus? Bedroom furniture. Extra money somewhere? Bedroom furniture. Hallelujah. As an example. Just as an example. Why am I saying this? Nobody can control your emotions but you. You have to actually pull them out of the closet and deal with them. You, you can't just think they're going to go away. You can't shut someone down. You, you can't shut yourself down. You can't shut down your emotions. You have to actually deal with some stuff. And bitterness is an effort to avoid dealing with the real problem. Bitterness says that I'm hurt and I can't do anything about it. They did something to me and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you can. You can do something about it. You can have honest conversations. And more importantly, you can walk in forgiveness. Amen. You can walk in forgiveness. You, when someone sins against you, when someone commits a wrong against you, when someone disregards you, when someone uh, violates your trust and your love, I want you to look at it this way. They have taken their righteousness and they have sacrificed it for this stupid thing that they did, right? But when they did that, they not only did this sin against you, they have given you the power of restoration, you have been given the power to now restore the relationship. Look, you sinned against me. You wanted to violate our love, but I say I'm choosing love and I walk in forgiveness. I say that the forgiveness that Jesus Christ gave me, I am using to build a bridge back to you. Now, this is how you stay right with God in the midst of sin. This is how you stay right with God in the midst of people sinning against you. I have forgiven. I have done my part, but don't you know, both people need to build that bridge back together. You cannot, you can forgive somebody. You can say you want restoration, but there cannot be restoration until there is repentance. There has to be repentance. There has to be forgiveness, and it doesn't have to go in that order. 
You can forgive way before anybody repents, but there cannot be restoration without both. That's a word for somebody in here. You feel like, come on, amen, 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 amen. You feel like, you know, you're holding a grudge or you are sitting in judgment because someone has repeatedly sinned against you and you're not giving them opportunity. You still have to forgive, but there cannot be restoration until there is repentance. That's a good word right there. All right? It's not you being mean. It's you walking in truth. Wow, that's, I don't know. Somebody just grab onto that so I can move on. You have the power of restoration. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6 again. Okay, got a couple minutes. Hallelujah. He says, brothers, even if anyone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Now that means you don't do it conditionally. Well, if you promise, if you assure me, if you, no, that's not a spirit of gentleness. That's like, hey, I completely forgive you. I, I repent. Oh, I completely forgive you. We're going to walk in this. Now, we're going to talk about what happened, but I'm not now lording over you. You didn't sin against me, and now I am going to lord over you. That's not how it's supposed to be among us. We are supposed to work out restoration. He said, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. So this sin, when someone sins against you, it is an open door for you to sin. They're literally saying, hey, I feel like sinning tonight. Do you want to join me in that? Now, it's one thing when you sin against God, but when you sin against God and people, it's another level of sin. I can show you that scripturally. I don't have time right now. But you sinning against God, then I can just deal with it with repenting to God. But now that I've dragged somebody else in my sin, I've sinned against them and against God. Now I've broken these other relationships, now the sin is a bigger deal. And when you sin against someone else, they have an opportunity to walk in forgiveness or to enter into the sin that you just opened. With bitterness or sinning back to you. My daughter and I got in an argument uh, this week. And um, it wasn't much of an argument. I did something and I, I, I shouldn't have done it. I um, touched something of hers with uh, Dorito fingers. And uh, she was quite offended, right? And I don't mean offended in the, she was in sin offended, uh, but she was quite upset that I touched her stuff with Dorito fingers. And uh, it, it sounds funny unless it's something you like that's nice, right? Then it's not really funny at all, right? And then all of a sudden it's a very big deal, right? And uh, she, we'll just say, vo vocalized her uh, upsetness, And uh, then I vocalized my upsetness at her vocalization, And it just kind of went like that for a while. And then she left the room. And my wife said to me, uh, you know, in all that, you never did uh, apologize. I was like, well, who made you Holy Spirit, right? Like, well, <laughs> only God can judge me, I said to her. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and then, I, then I beat my daughter and I let her know, don't talk back to your dad, right? <laughs> no, I was like, well, that's, that's really true. I didn't like how she yelled at me, but that's irrelevant to the fact that I did not honor her possessions nor acknowledge what I did wrong. And so I had to go and uh, apologize to her um, for getting Dorito fingers on her stuff, right? Uh, and so, you know, we, we need to model this as parents, right? We need to, um, like, we're like, well, I don't want my kid to think that, listen, like they knew you were in sin a long time ago, right? Like they knew that you made mistakes 
way before you ever realized it, right? Like they knew from the beginning that you were winging this whole thing, right? They knew. They knew you didn't have any idea what you were doing and you were making stuff up as you go along. They knew that. When you repent, you're just acknowledging what they already know. You're just acknowledging, okay, I recognize that I make mistakes. Not like, I know you knew. Now I know as well, right? Please forgive me. We, we need to, like, we, <clears throat> we need to uh, model this for our kids, number one. Number two, we need to show that we should be the most gracious with the people the closest to us. Like, we give the people close to us our worst sometimes, but we also need to give them our best, right? And, and repent of those emotions, because those are the people who are going to stick with you. If you're, if you're, if you're in your uh, teens in here, uh, you know, all of a sudden your parents became very stupid, because that's what the age uh, you're at. Um, and I'm letting you know, I've raised uh, two teenagers, and I was an idiot teenager myself. And uh, all of a sudden, somewhere around, somewhere around 13, your parents become very stupid for some reason. <laughs> They were brilliant when you were little. Now they're idiots, right? Maybe 12. And somewhere, hopefully, if you have a working brain, somewhere around 20, they're going to become smart again. Right? And um, which leads me to this question. What do teenagers do to us that make us so dumb? Because it's dependent on their age, not ours. Have you noticed that? Um, and so uh, the parents, the ones who are actually, I don't know, supporting you, you might just want to be nice a little bit, right? And when you completely blow up because of their stupidity, you might want to apologize here and there. It will get you more freedom. It really will get you more freedom, right? It will get you more trust. You will get to stay out a little later and watch more stuff on the YouTubes if you acknowledge that sometimes your parents are right, right? And, and here, here's what I want to say about that. Sin is specific. Repentance is specific. Forgiveness is specific. For those of you who like think you like really operate in grace a lot, like you just you don't and someone says, Hey, listen, I'm 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 sorry that that hurt your feelings, you're gonna have to say things like that's not actual repentance. You being sorry about my feelings is not really repentance, that's actually more judgment. Right? You need you can only repent of what you did. So when someone says to you, you know, like, I am sorry that I yelled at you, that has to be sin is specific. Repentance has to be specific, and you can't say, that's okay, because it's not okay. It's, even if it didn't bother you, sin is never okay. I'm sorry I did this to you. Hey, don't worry about it. Uh, when people say that to me, don't worry about it. I'm not worrying about it. I'm right with God. Now I'm right with you because I repented, uh, you know, but I am looking for forgiveness. Sin is specific. Repentance has to be specific. I'm sorry I have not considered your feelings when I did these things, right? How do you know what they're repenting for if we're not specific, right? Because sometimes people are angry with me about things I don't repent of at all. Like, no, no, I, that was the right thing to do. Well, I forgive you that you said that. People will come up to me after service and say, I just want to let you know I was offended with you, and I want to let you know I forgive you for what you said. But, 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 but. I, I didn't do anything against you, though. And so I know you want to air your offense with me, but that's between you and God. I am not repenting of what I said in a message. You hear what I'm saying? Now, if I did something against you personally, man, I want to know, let me repent of it. But if you were offended because you judged me based on what God was dealing with in your heart, that has nothing to do with me. That's between you and God, right? And if I come to you and I say, hey, listen, forgive me for being 
strong with you and I was short-tempered. And when I say strong, I don't mean, I meant I was aggressive and I was short-tempered. I would like you to forgive me of that. This is how my wife and I repent to each other. She says, I forgive you for being aggressive with me. I need to hear that you know that I sinned. We both need to hear it. It needs to be spoken out loud. We can't hide it. Right, fellas? If you're aggressive with your wife, you don't say, sorry, I had a bad, bad day. You say, I'm sorry I was aggressive with you. So, how? because I can't repent of having a bad day. I'm blaming my boss for being aggressive with my wife, right? <clears throat> okay, I, man, all right. I am going long here. Okay, stick with me here. <clears throat> Sin is specific. Forgiveness has to be specific. James chapter 3, where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil thing. Now, if you see jealousy and selfish ambition, nothing good is coming from that, right? What we're seeing in, our, in this season in our country is people are incapable of walking in grace because they are terrified someone's going to get power over them. We need to walk with our family and parents. We need to model this. And those who are spiritual among us, you need to model this so people can learn how to safely repent of sin. How to be restored. So that our not as close relationships, maybe our good friends, maybe our extended family, so that we can learn how to walk in repentance and restoration with them. So we can actually go out and have a debate about politics without demonizing people, without saying that they're evil based on their politics. So we can actually have civil conversation in this country. Amen? This is the church's job to begin doing this. We can't expect the people who have not received forgiveness of Jesus Christ to start walking in grace and forgiveness. That's our job. We have to set the tempo. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, watch this, without hypocrisy. If you know me, I struggle in my heart with hypocrites. I am I'm learning to deal with their evil gracefully. Verse 18, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness, watch this, if a person, if their life bears righteousness, is sown in peace by those who make peace. I want to point out one little phrase here. It's sown in peace by those who, the verb here is make. We have to make peace. Peace doesn't just happen. We can't ignore our way into peace. We can't deny our way into peace. We, 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 we can't marginalize our way into peace. We can't look over our way to peace. We have to actively repent specifically, forgive specifically, and restore specifically. We have to bear fruit specifically because we have to make peace. Forgiveness releases people to God for their restoration. And it releases you from a situation so that you can allow Holy Spirit to deal with your heart. You can't hold on to unforgiveness and have Holy Spirit healing your heart at the same time. It's, a, it's an open door. It's a stronghold. It's like a fort that the enemy has set up in your heart. And it will always be a place of unhealing and distress until you release it to God. You see, when you're offended, it, covers, it colors reality. You see reality through a lens. You see reality through a color. It colors everything, and you don't even recognize it. And so you need to, when you are offended, when you are hurt, and you're not able to easily forgive, you need to have a conversation with somebody about that pain with someone who understands that your goal 
is peace. Your goal is not to get even. Your goal is not judgment. Your goal is not payback. But your goal is peace. And when you talk about your hurts with people, it's super important that when people talk with you and they come to you to tell you what has happened to them, you don't pick up their offense. People would love, offended people love getting other people be offended with them. It makes them feel validated. I don't like them, so you shouldn't be talking to them. They want you to pick up an offense against somebody who never did anything to you. Jesus said offenses will come, but woe to him by whom they come. If you give your offense to someone else, Jesus says woe is unto you by giving out your offense to other people. And I've seen offenses spread like cancer through church groups. I've seen it spread like cancer through friend groups. You probably experienced this in high school. One day you are all friends, and next day one person has an offense, and the next day nobody's talking to you. You're like, I didn't do anything to any of y'all, and you don't even know the story. But you picked up someone else's offense, and now you all are suffering under the sin of offense, the stronghold of the enemy. We can't pick up other people's offense. When people start bleeding to you their offense, the first thing you got to say is guard your heart. Guard your heart. Get your heart right. Your heart is not right. Your heart is in bitterness and judgment. you got to get your heart right because it's coloring this whole situation. If you don't, you're never going to get free of this offense. Is this helping at all? Yeah. All right, amen. Amen. <clears throat> See, they, 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 they're talking about their heart condition, but they want to talk about what others did to them. They want you to be as offended as they are. And this is what gossip lives for. Gossip and slander lives for it. We can't allow it to spread. Closing quickly here. Uh, don't be afraid to keep toxic people out of your life. Don't be afraid to keep toxic people out of your life. What is a toxic person? A toxic person is someone who has toxic emotions and doesn't plan to do anything about it. It's really their goal to get their toxic emotions into your emotions. They want your emotions to be as toxic as theirs are. Keep toxic people out of your life. Because the Bible says the righteous are peacemakers. Have you noticed that the drama that follows sin I like to live a drama-free life. How about you? I just don't like, I just, it's just nice to live without drama. And when, when like, okay, when people aren't walking with Jesus, their lives are, some people, their lives can be riddled with drama. Because there's some people in the church whose lives are riddled with drama. And they think the drama is coming from everybody else. If you notice, as you grow in Christ, you have less drama. And what does that mean? That means that like the issues I'm dealing with are super easy to explain. If you got to give a long story about what happened, that's drama. And there's sin all through the story. Like, oh, what's going on? If you can just be like, I think this person had a bad day because they were rude to me. That's how I want to live. Not, okay. Okay, so originally, well, I went to watch this. So this person came, and they said this to that person, and then they, for a couple of years, had this. But then there were. Now, if you got a but then in your story, <laughs> twice, you got drama, and you've not kept your accounts short. <laughs> Are you hearing me? This is drama. This is I mean. There's an ongoing pattern of sin. Figure out who it points to, and say, "Hey, we don't want drama anymore. Can we just have clean relationships in our lives?" Toxic people, toxic emotions, 
Let's live free, right? And sometimes some people need a couple people to tell them, let's, let's just have less drama. Can, can, let's try to live with more forgiveness, right? More forgiveness leads to less drama. Let's say that together. More forgiveness leads to less drama. Because the drama, yeah, amen, 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 amen. Because drama, it was like, I was already in unforgiveness about this, but then they did this other thing, and you won't believe what comes next. Like, hmm, how many things? Let's just write down what you need to forgive about. Let's just, let's just write down all the unforgiveness so we can deal with it by the end of this conversation, shall we? Hallelujah. And this is what I want to end with. You need to guard your heart against future offense. You've got to guard your heart, right? Like, some people don't know how to live outside of drama. And Jesus said we could keep them, we need to treat them, the word, the word says, as un unbelievers. And what does that mean? We shun them? Oh, absolutely not. But we don't expect clean living from them. And so we treat them as a mission field. Like you are somebody who needs love because you do not know how to walk in it. I need to treat you as someone who doesn't understand and hasn't received the basics of forgiveness so they cannot walk in this forgiveness. We can't just judge people. We need to guard our hearts against this judgment. I don't want to condemn anybody. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to live in torment. I don't want anybody to get what they deserve because I don't want what I deserve. I deserve a sinner's hell and Jesus gave me a promise of heaven. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Listen. We say this at Revival Life Church, judgment is so powerful, only Jesus can handle it. And when we begin to walk in forgiveness, forgiveness turns anger and hurt into healing and peace. Forgiveness returns the power injustice tried to steal. The sin against us wanted to steal our peace, wanted to steal our joy, but forgiveness gives the power back to us. It's the most powerful thing you can do. I'm going to end with this. Some of you have been greatly hurt in your life. And you may be going to the extreme. You're saying, oh, so I should forgive my language, but I should forgive my father who molested me? I should just act like this didn't affect my whole life? Two separate things, friend. Forgiveness is you releasing that person to God's judgment, not your own. And you absolutely should not act like it didn't happen. You should guard your children, but you should begin the healing process process. She get involved in the healing process and it absolutely begins with forgiveness. Doesn't mean what they did was okay. It does mean you're going to let God deal with it and you're going to start looking inward to getting yourself healthy from the sin they put on you. So before we um, end this morning and you forgive me for going a little long here. Um, I feel like Holy Spirit is doing something in the room even now. <clears throat> and I want to um, pray I'm not going to single anybody out, but I do want us to pray together uh, two things. I want us to pr pray that um, we would walk in forgiveness. And I want us to pray that God would forgive us of our sin of unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt and judgment. Would you stand with me? Friends, we're living in the an amazing season in the world as so many of us are calling for our country to be a little more righteous toward the people on the fringes 
it's important that we as the church do what God has called us to do first. We need to model what forgiveness looks like. And so, uh, just let's close our eyes and bow our head if we could pray together here. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you would just repeat after me, and I promise I'm not going to lead you in anything wacky. But we're just going to allow Holy Spirit to come and minister uh, to our, our hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would come even now. Just uh, repeat after me. Just say, uh, Father. Let's say it together. Father, I'm asking you to forgive me. I have not walked perfectly in your plan. And I know you call that sin. Forgive me. Forgive me for judging people when I should have forgiven. Forgive me for holding on to offenses that I put on other people. Forgive me for not walking in the love that you've shown me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus, I am forgiven. And I am coming to you again, asking for forgiveness once again. And now, Lord, since I have been forgiven, I now choose to forgive others. I forgive those who did not guard love. I forgive those who took advantage of me. I'm forgiving those who have lied to me. I've forgiven those who have hurt me. And I release them to you. And I say, you owe me no debt. I release it to Jesus. And now I just want us to sit here in this moment, just, just for a minute here. And I want you to begin as Holy Spirit, wow, as, wow, as Holy Spirit begins to bring people into your mind, I want you to whisper, I forgive you. And I would like everybody in the room to do this. Nobody be singled out. But Holy Spirit's going to bring people up to your mind right now, and you're going to release them. I forgive you. All over the room, I forgive you. I forgive you. You may need to even say their name and be specific. And you can whisper it. Nobody listening to anybody. And you can just whisper it, but it needs to be spoken. I'm talking so that I can drown out some of what you're saying. But right now, in this moment of grace, wow, 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 wow. Wow, in this moment of deliverance, the Lord right now is lifting burdens, even from childhood. Even from childhood, the Lord is delivering of offenses right now. He's delivering of the stronghold that came from unforgiveness. Come on, don't stop. Lean into this moment. I forgive you, mom and dad, for not being able to show the love that I needed. I forgive that boss who took advantage of me during that time. I forgive that friend who I thought would be there through everything and yet abandoned me. I forgive my family. I forgive my loved ones. I forgive those people who disparaged a group that I'm associated with. Shakaba. And one last person, some in this room, you need to forgive yourself for getting it wrong. You've judged yourself for so long. You've held yourself in bondage of unforgiveness. 
on all over the room whispering right now. I forgive you. I release you. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, that you would now come. Wow. And you would heal. And you would restore. I'm going to pray a prayer of absolution over you. And I just want you to receive it. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. Or you just receive, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the forgiveness of sins over each person here who has repented today and who has released in forgiveness. Father, I just declare, washed in the blood of Jesus, that you strengthen them to walk in a healing process now. That the Holy Spirit of God would begin to empower them to walk in the newness of life, in that old spirit, that familiar spirit of pain and hurt and bitterness is loose from their life right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your love that is coming to flood the room. Thank you for your life that is coming to restore and release the heart of God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. And give a shout to God. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. And can we give it up for the word this morning also? That's so good. That was so good. You know, I remember, I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord and like received forgiveness. Do you remember that? Yes. The air smelled different. Amen. Things, streets that you've driven by a thousand times before look different, Amen. right? It's the power of the forgiveness that Jesus gives. Amen. And we've been given this great assignment to go and let the world know that that forgiveness is also available to them. Yes. So this morning, as, as we've received ministry, now we have the awesome privilege of going and giving away the same thing that we've received. Amen. Yeah. Amen. If you guys need prayer for anything else, you can text GORLC to 97000. Let us know that you need prayer. Uh, maybe God's doing something in you or started healing something this morning. You just want somebody else to just come alongside and just pray. We're not going to have an altar call uh, for health reasons, but we do want to pray with you. Also, if you're interested in joining a ministry team, being part of one of our amazing ministries, you can, again, text GORLC to 97000, and you'll get a reply back. It'll give you an option and ministries to choose from. It's pretty fancy. So, uh, But hey, let's give it up to Jesus one more time. Thank you guys for joining us today. Have an amazing Sunday, and we'll see you all next week. And say hi to someone you don't know on your way out. Amen? God bless you guys. And you'd go to the ends of the earth just to take hold of me, won't let go of me, because I know that I can trust you. You've been good for a long time. I know that I can trust you. You've been good for a long time. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. The one who made the stars is smiling down on us with love in his eyes for all. you die for the ones you gave your life